Frustrated with the healthcare system? Not getting answers or into doctors quick enough? Join us as we hear from patients and providers on better ways to navigate your healthcare journey. The Medical Maze Podcast, sponsored by MedDefend. And now your host, CEO of MedDefend, Sarah Porter. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Medical Maze Podcast, sponsored by MedDefend. We are joined today by Kate Greenaway, who is out in New Zealand. So we appreciate you making the time for us today, Kate. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Oh, you know, living the dream. (laughs) Um, So, Kate, usually what we like to do at the beginning of these episodes is just get to learn um, a little bit more about you and your journey. And so would love for you to give kind of the the high level view of how we found each other and um, your story up until this point and why you think it's so important to share with others. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, it's been a it's been a roller coaster. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Everyone has their own big roller coaster. Um We found each other through social media. Uh, Sarah actually reached out to me, which I think was so awesome. Um, I've spent a lot of time on social media. I think we all have at this point. Um, And I've found kind of a really niche community, uh, particularly on TikTok. I kind of really found a community on there and have created my own little community as well, um, which has been a huge part in my chronic illness journey and sharing it with others and yeah I'm really excited to be able to share the things that I've learned and and pass it on to other people because I think that's such an important part of chronic illness because it's just it's such an unknown roller coaster journey that we all kind of need to help each other out a lot of the time. I couldn't agree more as someone who was diagnosed with POTS. I know we talked about that. Um, you know, especially we see a lot of younger people, especially younger women um, being diagnosed recently with different chronic illnesses. And um, there's not a lot of resources out there. So TikTok has definitely been uh, one of those places that a lot of people go. Uh, from your perspective, you know, when you're going to these doctor's visits, when you first started experiencing symptoms, you know, do you feel like you were taken seriously at first as a, as a younger woman starting to present all of these different kind of chronic illness issues? Absolutely not. I think it was, I guess it depends whereabouts in the journey you're looking. As a kid, like obviously I think a lot of people would relate to this. Um, I grew up with a lot of quirky um, or weird things that we either thought were normal or people just said it was just anxiety. It's just part of being a girl or it's part of growing up, which shock horror it actually wasn't um but at that point in time we weren't really looking for anything specific um until I started getting older and those issues really started going downhill and my conditions really started to present in my life and it was at that point that my health declined so quickly but the professionals I didn't have the support that I needed and it was it was a lot of oh, it's just anxiety or this is, you know, this is normal for you or maybe it's just some weird like flu Um, and it it became more and more apparent the longer that time went on that that wasn't the case and we started our own journey into finding people that believe you and finding answers and tests and the whole, you know, the whole shebang. (laughs) 
So what did that look like for you? So you're experiencing all of these symptoms. You feel like no one is taking you seriously. I think a lot of people out there, it's relatable to hear like, oh, it's just your hormones. Oh, it's just anxiety and kind of be swept under the rug, right? So did you start doing your own research and education? Were you going to different doctors asking them questions? How did you kind of eventually get to a point where you said, I think I might have X, Y, Z help me? What did you do to take those steps? It was honestly, I would describe it as like this cycle. It was like a revolving door of, we don't know what's wrong. Here's a referral. You know, you wait for the wait list. You get to the referral. You're hopeful for the appointment and you get there and either they don't, you know, they don't know what's wrong or they don't believe you or they gaslight you or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you walk out of that appointment defeated. And the more and more that that happens, it, it takes a toll on you. Um, just specialist after specialist. And it takes a long time. Like you can't just go and see one after the other. Um, so it took it took a long time for us and we were really in the dark because at this point in time, not a lot was known about Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. It wasn't as, uh -huh. I mean, it's still considered rare now, but at that point in time, it was barely even known. And I was just really lucky that I managed to find certain people who really did believe me and wanted to know what was wrong and they acknowledged that they didn't know so and I really appreciate that and I think having someone who acknowledged the fact that they had no idea but that they needed to find out was a huge piece of the puzzle I was actually diagnosed by accident <laughs> happy accident my GP or my main you know my main primary physician who at the time she's still my physician now um she read an article by New Zealand's like pretty much at that time, he was the only specialist with um, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. She read an article on the news bulletin in her lunchroom and went, that sounds like Kate. And that's where wow. all the pieces started to fit into place, which, yeah. Wow. So two things I want to ask on what you just said. One, for a lot of people listening, so I know in our chronic illness community, we know a lot of these terms and a lot of these illnesses. Can you explain what Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is to people listening and what subsequential chronic illnesses might come along with that as well? Yeah, absolutely. So Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome is a connective tissue disorder. There's about 13 different types um, and it is genetic. So we, it's. I like to explain it as there's faulty collagen which is kind of the glue that holds your body together which manifests in so many different ways even with the 13 different types you could have someone with I have classical EDS myself so myself and someone else who has classical Ehlers-Danlos syndrome could look totally different um, but the the way that it affects your body is from things like joints so joint dislocations and subluxations um, to internal organs, blood vessels, skin, healing, vision, pretty much everything. Um, and it's kind of, I call it like the big daddy, um, <laughs> in that there's a lot of conditions or comorbidities, um, as they're known in the medical community, which, which are common with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Uh, there's the trifecta um, with Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, Postural Orthostatic Tachycardia Syndrome, or POTS, as we discussed before, and Mast Cell Activation Syndrome, which is um, to do with your immune system and the way it sort of attacks itself um, in terms of, for me, that's a lot of like allergic reaction symptoms, 
And then POTS is an autonomic nervous system thing where a lot of people will call it like a heart condition, which it does affect your heart rate, but it's autonomic nervous system. So sort of that disconnection between your blood pressure and your heart rate and your blood vessels. So you get a lot of things like really rapid heart rate changes and blood pressure changes, blood pressure drops, and that can make you feel pretty rats and it can manifest in a lot of different ways. I think for a lot of people listening, they learn more from you than they probably have their doctor um, that they've been seeing, right? So, and that's, and that's why we're doing this though, right? And so I appreciate that explanation. And I want to bring it back to something you said too, of how you were, you know, diagnosed by happy accident, because I feel like a lot of us in this community can relate or have had to do our own research and bring it to doctors to say, please test me for this, but not knowing kind of where to go from there. What would you say are some resources or things that doctors can do to make sure they're up to speed with different diseases, to make sure that they are correctly diagnosing people and have all the information at their fingertips? That's a hard one. I think because it's such a broad, I mean, medicine is amazing and we're always learning. And I think in terms of resources, there's, you know, the medical journals and things like that. But I think listening to specialists is a huge thing. I mean, these specialists spend so long of their lives researching these small little segments and they often go out of their way to do things like publish articles in newsrooms. And I think it's just being open to learning about these things and acknowledging like what you don't know and and continuing to learn and learning from patients because on my journey as well um myself and my mom we did a lot of googling um and dr google everyone <laughs> seems to have a huge a huge issue with dr google but when you know we weren't trying to diagnose myself we were looking for answers because we couldn't find them anywhere else Um, And something I think we struggled a lot with was knowing how to ask the questions and knowing how to ask for testing without offending medical professionals. Um, And it was a case of feeling it out and trying to work out, I think, work out the person you were talking to and how you were best to ask them. Sometimes you had to be a bit more gentle, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's such an important piece too, because like we mentioned earlier, of course, you know, this can occur to anyone, but a lot of the community we see this happening to are younger women who aren't being taken seriously at first. And it can be daunting being a younger woman and going in and having to explain this or kind of demand things from maybe older men or just even more experienced professionals who don't think you know better, right? And so I think that's an extremely relatable story and something that, you know, you and I have talked about that we're trying to um, accomplish is giving people a way to know how to ask those questions and ask for those tests and and what to ask for. Um, I want to ask you this, though, because you gave some advice to, you know, the medical community of being able to keep up with medical journals and things that are being published. What advice would you give to someone who is starting ground zero in your shoes, experiencing these symptoms and not knowing where to go? What would you say, you know, hey, start here. This is going to be really helpful or something that you wish you had before uh, that might be available to them now? I think I may be slightly biased here, but (laughs) I think social media is a really great place to start. Once you've acknowledged that your body is doing something 
and you know something is wrong because you are, you, I mean, you are the only person who truly knows what's going on in your body. And if something is wrong, you know it's wrong. And and it's, it's such a broad thing to navigate because if you started like, I have no idea what's wrong with me, and you went through like a list of possible medical diagnoses, you'd be looking for a dictionary. And that's daunting. But just being able to find I think other people who not necessarily even have the same symptoms as you or possibly the same condition, but a community where there are other people who may also be at ground zero who are navigating that cycle of appointments and gaslighting and all of that, the mind games that come with it, because it is so scary Um, and realizing that it's not all in your head and that there are other people going through what you're going through. And I think there's a lot of importance in the way that that community empowers each other because a lot of the time when you're navigating that cycle of being gaslit and, you you know, it gets to you and sometimes you start to think it's all in my head. Sometimes you need those voices around you to say, no, it's not, and that there is a way to get diagnoses and you can see other people living their lives and personally I've posted a lot of content about my journey and the amount of comments that I get of people who have seen I don't know some some of my symptoms and have clicked and gone maybe I should ask my doctor about POTS and that's such a privilege to be able to bring that realization to somebody and there's a lot of support groups on social media as well and the algorithms are pretty great they will they will help you find your little niche Oh yeah. As soon as I started searching pots, it was like ding, 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 a bunch of, you know, a bunch of people came up and it is really cool to see that your following has grown quite a bit. And a lot of people are, you know, commenting, you've helped me realize that I might have X, Y, Z. And um, something that we talked about that I'm, I'm hoping you can go into detail more on here too, is this feeling of finally getting an answer of, you know, not wanting it to be a yes, but also wanting it to be a yes. And I think that is something that people don't really understand, maybe not being in this community. So I'd love to just hear kind of, you know, I know we talked about it before, but if you could kind of go into more detail again on that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the most vivid things about when I finally received my diagnosis was, you know, I'd spent so long being told it was all in my head or just going through the cycle of not anyone knowing what was wrong. And I I actually remember on the way to the appointment that I finally got diagnosed and I didn't have much hope, to be honest. I remember turning to my mom in the elevator and I said, maybe there is nothing wrong. Maybe I am over-exaggerating and it is all in my head. And then the stark contrast of when he told me and explained that, no, this is actually not normal and I was given my diagnoses. It was honestly like all of these puzzle pieces just clicked together. All of those little things that were quirky as a kid made sense. And one thing I was quite shocked at, once you get given your diagnoses or a diagnosis, it's it's a whole new roller coaster. Like, but the first thing that I remember being really confused about is why am I relieved? And I almost felt guilty for that because all of those pieces of the puzzle fell together. And I knew it wasn't all in my head, but I was like, oh my gosh, okay. I've got this condition. And then I went, I shouldn't be glad about this. But it took me a while to realize that it wasn't, I wasn't glad that I had Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. I wasn't glad that I had all of these issues. I was glad that 
someone believed me and that I had answers. And it took me a long time to come to terms with the fact that it's okay to feel like that. And unless you've been in that situation, I don't think a lot of people would understand why um, you might go into testing and go, I hope the test comes back negative, but I also hope the test comes back comes back positive because mm-hmm. you don't want the condition, but you want answers and you want you want to be able to make progress in your journey. It's just that validation piece. It's finally being validated that, you know, as you said, it's not all in your head because so many mm. people are getting, I mean, it was over 30 million searches for the term medical gaslighting on TikTok alone. So it's just yeah. such, becoming such a prominent issue. And that's one thing I was curious too, because um, I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but you are in New Zealand. And a lot of people who have been posting this are in the United States. And there's so much we can say about how bad our healthcare is here, but it is truly a universal problem. And so we'd love to just hear your experience. And I know we had talked about this a little bit, but with being in New Zealand and the healthcare there, you know, what struggles are you facing? Um, as I'm sure people are just curious because we often look at the US and say, you're you're the big bad guy, which, you know, we kind of are, you know, we're not good at healthcare, but you know, it, this is a universal problem. So we'd just love to hear the experience coming from, you know, a different country. Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, if I touch back on social media, when I kind of found that community, there was a bit of a discord between if I sort of looked at how other people were making their journeys work and their diagnoses journeys, it looked different for us here because our healthcare system is structured slightly differently. It's also a lot smaller. Um, so as I said before, like the physician who diagnosed me, he um, at the time was pretty much the only specialist in New Zealand. Um, and that included a lot of travel. Um, he doesn't live in the same city as me, but also it meant that getting into him, like wait times were really long, but also there weren't a lot of professionals around that knew about it because it was such a small, little, tiny, tiny little spot. And yeah, I think we have a lot of the same issues. Um, however, in terms of, so for me, accessing healthcare in my, I, I live in a relatively small city. Accessing accessing healthcare often means that I'm very limited in the people that I am able to access. So once I find a professional that isn't helpful or is provides me a negative experience or gaslights me, being able to go to someone else isn't always a privilege that I have, um, especially when it comes to like emergency rooms, because it's often a lot of the same physicians. And that's another part of the journey. Once you've been diagnosed, that new journey of um you'll come across physicians that don't believe you still, even if you've got a diagnosis. And in New Zealand, it's getting a little bit better now, but um, there are still some physicians that don't believe my specialist. Um, they think he's like a quack and, and he knows this. Um, and so I've actually had physicians who I was under the care of who tried to tell me that everything he told me was wrong and took away some of my medications. And it was such a difficult thing to try and go through when there were when there are limited options so I didn't really have anywhere else to go for that um and finding a community of other chronically ill people in such a small town is so difficult and that's why I think social media has made such a huge difference for me is because I can connect with people anywhere yeah 
No, I mean, thank you for sharing. And I think, you know, the last couple of minutes here, we've been talking about some really big kind of scary topics that are needing to be addressed. You know, we don't want to sweep these under the rug anymore. But for someone listening who might be going through this process, it can sound kind of daunting and a little bit depressing, right? And so want to kind of circle back to mental health when it comes to chronic illness and getting this diagnosis. Are there any tips or tricks you have of kind of getting out of that headspace of, of not even believing yourself or anything that you do? Maybe it's a walk outside or a favorite song you listen to just to kind of pump yourself up or bring joy back into your life after going through this struggle for a couple of years of getting those answers. Yeah, absolutely. I think, again, social media. I love social media. I actually have my one. It's a little bit weird, I have to say, but I mean, so am I. Um, (laughs) I have um, a really great Instagram real algorithm. I don't know how it's come about, but I found that even the slightest bit of laughter if I'm struggling the slightest bit of laughter will kind of just bring me back into myself distract me whatever Um, I have so many Instagram reels saved up that are funny I could watch them so many times and I just know if I go back to something like that it could be a comfort tv show for you it could be anything something that doesn't require a lot of um, energy because let's be honest we don't always have energy especially when we're struggling and we're going through that diagnosis process we have we have to kind of prioritize our energy. So mm-hmm. comfort TV shows, anything that will take my mind completely away from it because it can kind of get in its own little cycle. You can get stuck in your head. Um, and just really being aware that chronic illness affects your mind and your body um, and that you need to take care of your mind just as much as you need to take care of your body. Um, and it's okay if you need medications. It's okay if you need to talk to somebody even if it's just venting about stupid healthcare professionals to someone online Mm -hmm. or sharing your journey, like creating silly little TikToks or, you know, all of that, if it helps you, it helps you. And remembering, I think one thing as a chronic illness community that we need to be really mindful of. And I've noticed a lot um, in my time on social media is toxic positivity. Um, It can get so easy to, when you're struggling to voice those struggles and people will say, Oh, just be positive or, you know, think positive and you've got to try and be stoic and strong, but this is a huge journey and it's going to be hard. You're going to grieve. It's a process that you're, no one's taught you how to do this. You don't learn this in school and you don't have to be okay all of the time. Like chronic illness, this whole journey is tough and it's okay to admit that it's okay to cry and be angry at people and vent, but just remember that it's a roller coaster and they go up and they go down and you will start, things will get better. You know, you'll walk through it, you'll find your people um, and just be gentle on yourself. If you're not doing okay, take a day. It's okay. Yeah. Try again tomorrow. It's just small, small baby steps. And the people around you, those who care will stick around you if they make you feel like a burden or any of that kind of, Mm -hmm. if they make you feel bad, they don't deserve to be in your life. Um, The people that care will stay and you will find your people. This is going to sound dramatic, but that gave me chills when you said, you know, if people make you feel like a burden because 
that is what so many people face once they finally get the diagnosis is the novelty wears off of, you know, oh, they're in the hospital again, or oh, they're being dramatic. Here they go for another test, but it's not your choice, right? It's your body's. And so, yeah, I hope anyone out there who is listening feels very validated in the fact that there are communities out there uh, that care about you and you are not a burden. Um, Absolutely. Kate, it, it has been extraordinary having you on today and, and learning a little bit more about how New Zealand handles healthcare and just your own personal journey. Where can people follow you just to get more of your content and see your journey? Absolutely. So I mainly I mainly kind of congregate, if you want to use that <laughs> term, on TikTok. Um, my username is Authentically Kate. Um, Authentically Kate kind of came about because I just try and share all of the points of being chronically ill in life and just just be authentic. I mean, that sounds cheesy as heck. But um, I also have a YouTube channel um, and I share a little bit more about in-depth um, sort of things like surgery vlogs and little bits and bobs um, again at Authentically Kate and the same with my Instagram. Well, yeah. we very much appreciate you being on, Kate. Uh, we will absolutely also tag all of your channels when this episode is posted. Uh, again, to our Medical Maze community, we appreciate you listening. Uh, again, we're sponsored by MedDefend, which will be launching in June. Again, just to really help people get those answers that they need quicker. Uh, thank you, Kate. And thank you, everyone. Thank we you will be back. Me. Yes, absolutely. We'll be back next week and hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for listening to the Medical Maze podcast, produced by Austin Garner and sponsored by MedDefend, a new way to navigate healthcare. Check us out at mymeddefend.com.